Good morning, planet Earth. Good morning to the several tribes now migrating to the north, the south, the east, and the west. Good morning to the strange priests wearing strange necklaces, saying strange things to the cities down by the town square. Good morning to the harlot kings of western Manchester. Good morning to those who play checkers down by the farm. Good morning to the Texas cowboys looking for their cattle. (laughs) You drank too much last night. Good morning. It's January the 26th. 2022 in the age of Bo And if you are a Christian and you wonder about my use of the term Bo Blimtok, here is what I will tell you. It is not a counterfeit religion. I am not selling an alternative spirituality. There is no personal apocalypse other than the death that comes to us all. No, you can call Boblimtok satire. You can call it looking down the light of history and saying, fuck you, oncoming train. Boblimtok is a word for a place and a time and a spirit. It's a zeitgeist. It's a Weltanschauung. It's the way and the lens through which you see the world, Boblimtok. Of course, part of Boblimtok, Boblimtok, Boblimtok is Grinken. And part of Grinken is drinking, baby. Yesterday's podcast, I got really angry, and, and, and I think I've understood something in recent weeks. Between the GoDaddy crap and the way that Amazon Web Video Services apparently allows the hacking of your computer, um, you know, between some of these things, I've gotten angry, but I have to ask myself, what the fuck am I angry about? When I first started smelling what was coming, and I would say that was about the year 2010, right about the time my mom died. But when I first really got a sense of what was coming, and no, at the time I didn't think it was every year or this year. At the time, I thought it was about 10 fucking years away. And so in truth, although I didn't have a record of that at the time, other than my old blog that got destroyed, now another one destroyed by GoDaddy, And, you know, every other site and every other service is probably just as shitty. Getter.com was robot testing me this morning. (laughs) I know what comes next, you fucks. So anytime a social media platform says, we're the free speech platform, know this. You are living on the fucking Death Star. So if someone tells you this is the free speech platform, they're lying to you. They might be confused and lying to themselves, but they're definitely lying to you. No, I've been a bit off my game in the last few days. Um, I have a project I'm working on right now that I need to get a, a version one done by next Monday. And I know I can, but I can only do it if I give a fuck. Um, and I want to do a better job in other areas of my life, but I can only do that if I give a fuck. (sighs) Recently, there's been stuff in my family regarding a person that I'm related to. And I can't truly say it's a super strong relationship. It is a typical family relationship. And in recent 
months and in the last couple of years since the beginning of Boblimtok and the Grinkin and the monkey herpes and all the other sideways stupid bullshit pandemics, you know, psyop crapola, in the last couple of years I've come to understand my own way in which I understand the word family. And it's not to say that all my other beliefs about family were wrong. It's just that they were incomplete. It's kind of like when you read in the book of Genesis about Joseph. Now here's a guy that really does save the day. In the end, Joseph saves the day. He saves many lives, perhaps even a couple civilizations. And yet one of Joseph's experiences uh, with family in his life was being dumped into a hole. And I'm not really sure what to say about that except to say the following. Family is great, but at the same time, it is family and it isn't what we think it is. I think we're told a version of family that doesn't even match really the Christian um, theological or concept of family. Understand, when we left Eden... It wasn't just the original sin we took with us. Don't be stupid. If you believe in God, and if you believe in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you must understand when we left Eden, we left with curses. Curses against us. Curses against relationships. Men and women were not going to get along. That was one of the curses after Eden. Men and women, no matter how hard they tried, no matter how much effort they put into it, in the end between a man and his wife, and if you need to substitute for a different kind of gender combo, that's up to you, but between any two people, whatever you want to call friendship and love, it ain't going to work like Eden. There will be distrust. There will be lies. There will be murder. Of course, God didn't say that as Adam and Eve left. I think he was probably going to leave it up to them to find out. So when people talk about the word family and they say to me, you know, do you love your family? You know what? I love the concept of family in that Norman Rockwell sense. And I think it's really great to think about family that way. But the reality is, even in quote unquote simpler times, things weren't that simple. And as far as the age we live, it is an age of diaspora. It really is. From when I left high school up until now, the common message was, if things aren't working out, just go someplace else. There was a philosophy, there was a culture, there was a training in people not giving a fuck about their hometown, not giving a fuck about where they're from, not giving a fuck about their roots, okay? I was told, you know, if you're smart and you're imaginative, and you want to have goals, you should go to college. So I did that. And I did other things, like a lot of other, other people did, to reflect this idea that, you know, don't be so tied down to geography. But one of the things I've come to understand in recent months and years is that even though it's okay to be a wanderer, it's also okay to not be a wanderer. And the problem with our society is we've emphasized the disconnected human over the connected human. That's kind of bad. You know? A lot of you may not know this, but Solzhenitsyn wasn't just a critic of the Soviet Union. He was a critic of the crooked materialism of the West as well. And I think on a lot of points he was right. I mean, we claim a lot of fighting for freedom shit. But I think about the last two years of this stupid, dumbass psyop. And even if you want to settle on, well, Dan, it was a little bit real. It was a Chinese murder virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're over 50. You're overweight. You lived in a shitty uh, fucking transient building with illegal Chinese in Chinatown throughout the fucking Boblimtok pandemic next to every major hospital, but you just had a magical immunity and that's how you survived. There are a lot of people bargaining for the following position right now. COVID wasn't that big a deal. We overreacted. What the fuck kind of society do you think you were living in that your 
overreaction, your germophobia, your weakness, your cowardness would condemn other people to house arrest. If I just want to settle on your bullshit, your mega, I wear a Trump hat, if the Republicans win, it's all going to be okay. If I just want to settle on your bullshit, what the fuck kind of sideways, low-rent society did you fucking live in that allowed this to happen? And if you say they didn't know any better or they couldn't have known, that is the same fucking excuse I've heard my entire life every time the government does something. Every time, whether it's Waco, whether it's this, this bullshit, fuck, after 9-11, the fucking government told us, oh, we couldn't have known for all those billions you spent on spy satellites and spies and crooked CIA sideways bullshit, there's no fucking way we could have known, let alone the other possibility that not only did they know, but they kind of planned it. But again, I say, every few years, some motherfucker tells me they couldn't have known, their, their, their hands were tied, they had no choice. They give me a list of reasons for why you should never fucking vote again. Okay? Why are you going to vote again? You just told me for your entire life, and some of you might be 50 like me or older, you've told me for your entire life they couldn't have known, they didn't know, but this time it will work. You really do sound like a crazy motherfucker. Okay? You really do. Let's just settle on them. It's, it's a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a big mistake, Dan. It was an overreaction. Okay. Well, this overreaction created ire and distrust, and I would even dare say hatred within families, within communities, within neighborhoods. So when I think about family after the last two fucking years, even if you want to settle on it was an overreaction or oops, even if you want to settle there, motherfucker, I think a lot of stuff has been destroyed. There may be other generations whose seeds are in the ground and when those lives spring up and they have a chance to start again after this wretched system has crashed, they might be able to restore family. They might be able to restore community. But you're stupid, sideways, completely incompetent, they couldn't have known better system, fucked it up. And a lot of you motherfuckers are going to go back to the polling booth and vote again, showing your compliance this, you know, coming November. And let's not even get into the point of fact that probably your vote's not connected to anything. Not that that matters to you, because I really think this is a religious practice and has nothing to do with actual power. First topic... I don't know if you're into the music of Neil Young. Um, when I was in high school, I think a few of his songs were still playing every once in a while, and that was the 80s. Uh, you know, he had that one hit, you know, Keep On Rockin' in the Free World, which ostensibly was an anti-Bush militarism hit. But he's taken a radical pro-vaccine stand, uh, so radical that he and his lawyers are telling Spotify to remove Joe Rogan from Spotify. Let me just say something. I don't think much of this is very real at this point. So when you look at a story like this, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, you kind of need to be a Sovietologist. You kind of have to ask yourself, why the fuck are you reading this? Because if you think either of these bozos are free agents, you're, a, you're not doing well psychologically or mentally. They're not. They have people telling them what the fuck to do. So why would they do this? Why would they set this up? Well, I can think of one reason. It's a really low-rent way of maintaining Joe Rogan's credibility. Like, of all the low-rent fucking ways you can boost Joe Rogan's reputation, creating some fake trauma drama around a burnt-out old rocker like Neil, Neil Young is ridiculous. It's absurd, okay? I mean, you look at a picture of Neil Young, he kind of looks like Freddy Krueger now, but just older. Yeah. So Neil Young is upset because he says Joe, Joe Rogan 
is spreading fake information about vaccines. And what I think Joe Rogan is doing is because he's one of these COVID is kind of real and the the horse dewormer kind of works and vaccines might be poisonous. Again, Joe Rogan's a sheepdog. So he's taking people close to the truth. He's herding them really away from it, but, but he's grabbing them when they're close to the truth and pulling them a little bit further away. He's doing a good job of keeping the sheep under control. Joe Rogan settles on mass formation psychosis, which is another way of saying blame the fucking victim. You were subjected, your family was subjected, everybody you love was subjected for almost two years to military psychological warfare operations. But Joe Rogan's radical, you know, Dr. Malone revelation is it's just because you're a fuckhead. You know, no, brothers and sisters, just like the guy I got on camera in 2020 admitting that Seattle resources were being used to support Chaz Chopia, no, Joe Rogan, you're full of fucking shit. But this Neil, Neil Young situation, it really does make him look like he's a credible fucking figure, someone to listen to. I am going to tell you straight up, you do not, you do not, you should never feel as if you have to have any medical procedure. Let's just start there, Joe, and everyone else, since some of you are clearly haven't reached the age of 12 yet, so you don't know you're going to fucking die, but you don't actually have to take any fucking medical procedure at all, okay? I'm not talking about according to the government. I don't give a fuck about those bozos. Unlike a lot of fucking useless eaters out there, I look at the government and I listen to what people say. They couldn't have known, they wouldn't have known, you know, their their arms are tied. Every incompetent excuse you give is another reason why I don't give a fuck. That's not why I'm talking about this, no. No. You have a right as a human being, as a living thing, to refuse a medical procedure. I don't care if it's to put a cast on your on your arm or your kid's arm. I don't care if it's an, an appendectomy. I don't fucking care. As a human being, you do have a right to say no. Now, I'll tell you this. Once your ass gets inside of a hospital, or sometimes what I call a death hotel, once your ass gets into a hospital, I hate to say it, but you're kind of fucked, especially now. I don't perceive any rule of law. I don't know that there ever really was, but when it comes to ordinary people like us, there is no rule of law and there is no protection. So once you go into that hospital, if for whatever stupid, incompetent reason, you can take your Hanlon's razor and you can throw it at the wood, and I don't care if it hits evil or stupid, once you go into the hospital, you, take, you are taking a risk that you're going to die, not because of something that led you to the hospital, but because you chose to fucking go there. Yeah. So this whole kerfuffle between Joe Rogan and Neil Young demonstrates one of the ways in which the propaganda system works, especially during a PSYOP. You need someone like Joe to go out there and find the boundaries of the Overton window and find the people that are going to probably get out of it and just keep them inside. And the, one of the ways you keep them inside is by resurrecting some dumb shit like Neil Young and say, oh my God, you know, keep on rocking in the free world. It's all crazy about vaccines. I have no fucking clue why, why Neil Young has a dog in this hunt. It's funny though, because he does look like a giant hypocrite in a lot of ways. I mean, both of these guys don't come out looking great. Neil Young comes out looking the worst, but the whole thing is fucking stupid. Next topic. I don't want to waste my time too much on the stupid. That's why I'm saying next topic. If you give a fuck about these bullshit trauma dramas, then you are deeply, deeply, definitely confused. Now for some real news. This news comes from the Weekly World News. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel about the news in America at this point. I would just assume have an article from the Weekly World News as quote the New York Times. It's kind of the it's the same shit pile. At least the Weekly World News has a stellar reputation for being what it is. This was published on December the 10th, 2021 by Bernie Pyle. Headline Death row inmate spared. 
death row inmate spared because of his last name. A death row inmate scheduled for execution in Tumbleweed, Wyoming, had his sentence commuted to life imprisonment. All because of his last name. Judge Horace Park spared the inmate. Ed Species. Because he agreed with Species' species attorney that killing him violated the Federal Endangered Species Act. It's pretty clear that a death sentence for Mr. Species endangers him. Thus, he cannot be executed under the statute Parks ruled. Frank Turnbull, Species' lawyer, had argued, What makes this such a flagrant violation of the Endangered Species Act is that it's the state itself that caused my client to be on this list by its sentence. In addition, my client has no siblings or children. So the species name borders on extinction if Ed is executed. Law enforcement officials reluctantly agreed that species had an airtight argument. I've scoured the Endangered Species Act for a loophole that would allow the government to carry out Mr. Species' execution. But it's just not there, Diane Bakewood from the Department of Justice said, shaking her head. That didn't stop Chief Chief Prosecutor Harriet Tungsten from objecting that the ruling was preposterous. She believes the Endangered Species Act was only meant to protect animals, not humans. Oh boy. But in an ironic twist, defense attorney Turnbull pointed to the prosecutor's own words during the trial. In the midst of describing the double murder during the trial, Turnbull said dramatically, Prosecutor Tungsten referred to my client as an animal. If there was any lingering last shred of doubt that Mr. Species was entitled to coverage under the Endangered Species Act, this dispelled that. For his part, Ed Species swore that the whole experience has transformed his life. Like a lot of murderers, I started out as a child torturing animals, he said. But I've completely changed my point of view and just signed up for a lifetime membership to PETA. Wow, what an important journalistic piece to read. And before you get all upset, why did you read the Weekly World News again? Because it is all crap. That's why. I did that. You know when you're wine tasting and they'll give you some a glass of water and then like some other thing to drink to clean your palate or something? This was to clean your fucking palate, okay? You know, this is all crap. If you're going to tell me Zero Hedge, it's crap too. Oh my God, it looks like half of its articles come from the Epic Times now, and a lot of these writers can barely spell. And so, yeah, I'd say that it's all kind of mostly crap. Um, I'm not going to formally declare Gitter as crap yet, but like I said, I got robot tested today. That's usually the first step, and and usually coincides with what is called shadow banning. So I don't know. We'll see. Next topic is related to this thread of thinking and and kind of connected to this whole family thing. Like, what does it mean to have family in a way? There is this general idea floating about, and it's happened a couple times in the last two years. It was starting to happen in May of 2020, you know, very, very early in the monkey herpes. And then there was the George Floyd incident... In the summer of race war, and the black-clad freaks filled up with 50% cops and feds, marching, 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 along with the, you know, the Proud Boys filled up with 50% cops and feds. And the cops and feds, you know, LARPed being commies and rednecks, 
and they punched each other out for a few months, and they're still doing kerfuffles. I'm sure Ian Miles Wrong and Andy No Clue are keeping you updated on that. Yeah, Ian Miles Wrong <clears throat> and Andy No Clue. I, I kind of stick to that. But um, yeah, a lot of people think it's about to go back to normal. And, and I, I just don't want to beat a dead horse on this one, except to say once again that this entire shitty nightmare came out of what you thought was normal, okay? Normal got pregnant and gave birth to this piece of shit. So when you are telling me we're going back to normal, the best case scenario is that the woman got an abortion, she's still smoking crack, she's still going to raise a shitty kid, and, and ultimately that kid's going to pop out and be terrible again. That's basically all you're telling me. And I don't want to get into the, oh, Dan, did you just say abortion's okay? No, dumbass. I'm talking abstractly here. What I am telling you is if you think we're going back to normal, we're going back to the same nasty, syphilis-ridden hooker that gave birth to this bullshit that might soon die. Maybe. If we're going back to normal, and you're a good voter, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican or Libertarian or whatever, if you're one of these good civic citizen type voters and you pay your fucking taxes, if we're going back to normal, then I would expect some kind of rule of law, okay? You can't have civic society the way all you fuckers claim you have it with social contract if you do not have rule of law. We've had no rule of law for at least two years, okay? At least two years, it just hasn't existed. We've had a lot of bullshit. We've had a lot of tyrannical behavior. We've had a lot of beatings and we've had a lot of propaganda, but I can't say we've had any fucking rule of law at all. And people that are truly flaunting the law do so in public, on TV, on the internet, and they, they just say, we don't care, no one can touch us. You know, whether it's Bill Gates or Anthony Fauci or the mayor of Seattle, the general impression is you can't touch us. So if you think that we're going back to something that would remotely recognize normal, then the rule of law has to be restored. This also means every major hospital system in this fucking country is about to face a tidal wave, a tsunami of lawsuits. I don't care if you want to say COVID is a little real, it's really, really real, but when you think about all the, the, the garbage and all the illogic that was dumped on people from the monkey herpes psyop, you better believe there's going to be a lot of fuckers calling an attorney. There's going to be a lot of attorneys circling the system. Hey, did anybody tell you a lot of people are flat fucking broke? A lot of businesses are going to sue a lot of cities and counties. A lot of people are going to seek prosecution. If you think we're going back to normal, that's really just the first phase, you fuck. Almost every governor, I said almost, not every, but almost every governor and every fucking mayor in the United States is facing, in the very least, investigation and probably prosecution if you think we're going back to normal. President Trump will face uh, investigation and prosecution. So will President Biden if you think we're going back to fucking normal. If we're going back to normal, Bill Gates is about to get hunted down because he is in the very least guilty of crimes that would have landed any old Serbian general at the fucking Hague court any other time in history. So old Bill Gates, the mass poisoner, is going to fucking jail and he's probably going to get executed if you think we're going back to fucking normal, right? Fauci goes on trial in the normal, really. If you want to have anything that is remotely like what we had before, and believe me, it was a shit show, there are people that will just have to go to fucking jail, probably die. And with respect to the lockdowns and the flatten the curve and the fear-mongering and the wearing masks, all of that would have to go away. If you want to claim we're going back to normal, all that bullshit would have to go away. But I'm sorry. 
I'm really sorry. I know that Joe Rogan and Alex Jones and just about every person on the internet or on the radio that claims to be alt will give you a version of the future that sounds really, really nice. I'm pro I promise you, they'll do that, they'll do that well. They'll have great guests and they'll say, hey, it's all going to be fucking wonderful when we get back to fucking normal. I'm going to tell you that's not happening, okay? I'm going to tell you that even if we were just talking about the psychological trauma that was caused by this bullshit, and you know what, what, let's keep writing that stupid fucking train of yours called, it was kind of real, Dan, it was kind of a Chinese thing, listen, the way your system handled this, the way your leaders handled this, the way the people you fucking voted for, even if you didn't vote for them, by voting you basically said the system's work handled this, ruined a lot of fucking lives. A lot of people are going to seek revenge. Sorry. This wasn't a minor thing. You call it a mistake, that's great. But if I made this kind of mistake in your fucking home, if I broke down your door... If I put a, a, v, a, a fucking VHS player on your fucking TV set and say, watch this movie on loop for the next two years. If I put fucking obstructions on your kids' faces so they couldn't breathe. If I treated your family like garbage for two years with a gun pointed at your head. And then I said, oops, what would you do? If I ruined your business, if I ruined your life, if I destroyed your community and your family, ask yourself and ask what people will do. And if your answer is, well, people will just forgive and move on, some people will. But we're talking about the law of large numbers here. You know, if you can remember some of your statistics 101, we're talking about hundreds of millions of people just in the United States alone. Okay, this has damaged people's lives in an absolute way. If your baseline excuse is it was kind of real and oops, it doesn't fucking matter which side of Hanlon's razor it falls on. That razor is going to be slitting some fucking throats very, very soon. And that's assuming we're going back to normal. But we're not. Whatever the fuck is coming next, whatever nightmare they have in the Pez dispenser of trauma monkeys, assuming the monkey herpes is over, and I don't really think it is, whatever's coming next, it ain't normal. And, and that old, well, Dan, it was never normal. No, it was never normal, and guess what? It ain't even going back to it was never normal. It ain't even going back to your nihilistic rationalization. It ain't even going back to your house flipping. It's not going back to your 401ks or your IRA or your Social Security. None of that is going to survive. None of it. Okay, it's not going back to normal, buddy. If you're an old boomer and you've been on your social security for a couple years, too bad, you lose. Just like the people with good old Madoff. Believe me, there were people that made money with Bernie. There were people that made some fucking cash until they didn't. And if you were lucky enough to die uh, while you were still making money with that old crooked piece of shit, you might have thought he was an awesome kind of guy. But if you, are, if you are on Social Security, if you have a military pension, all that's about to end. Next topic. Yep. No, I'm kind of sick of this because in the last two years, I've had people tell me this, like before the election in 2020. I had motherfuckers telling me, oh, Trump's going to win. It's guaranteed. You had people on the alt sites. Oh, uh, you know, my Bible code tells me Trump's going to win. I don't know if anybody ever holds these fuckers accountable. Because when I go to their YouTube channels, they still have millions of followers. But that being fucking said, in November of 2020, there were a lot of delusional motherfuckers amongst the GOP who were saying, oh, once Trump wins the election, he's going to arrest all the pedophiles. The secret army in the Grand Canyon will blah, blah, blah. None of that shit happened, fucker. None of the Q shit happened, fucker. If Q tells you something, Q is fucking with you, but I can't help you if you believe in him or it or whatever the fuck it is, right? 
going back to normal. And you know what? I, I would love it um, if we could have a free country and trade with each other and live our lives. To me, that's normal. Normal for a human is to live in a community where a human being respects their neighbor, where they are respected, and they don't have to point guns at each other to solve fucking problems. And they don't fucking play that weird-ass game every once in a while where they vote for a gang to go around beating up their neighbor and stealing their fucking money. To me, normal would be cooperative, peaceful existence. Human beings working with each other, not perfect, not without strife, but with no added strife of bullshit government. That would be normal. My normal. Of course, that's not normal in any statistical sense. That's not normal in any historical sense. But I am using the word normal the way I think a lot of these fuckers really mean it. That they like the house flipping without consequences. They like the blowing up countries so, you know, the petrodollar could keep going. They like the crooked shit as long as there were no fucking consequences. But, you know... Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. Like Bruce Willis, right? In the first Die Hard film. He says, welcome to the party. That's what I would say to people, including myself. Because like I said, I got really angry yesterday. Just like I did get angry over the GoDaddy shit. And what I've come to realize is that I'm really not, I'm not there yet. You know, I think I'm there. I, I pretend I'm there at times. I think I'm there, I pretend I'm there, but I'm not there yet. I am not there. I feel like I've gone through all my stages of grieving. But the reality is, I still have shit that pisses me off that at this point in human history should not piss me off. Like I said, about 10 years ago, I started noticing this shit, and I should have been at peace with it. I started noticing the, the shrinkflation, the downserving, the, the way in which they would hide inflation. And I don't know if you know this, but about 10 years ago, Maker's Mark was caught basically, you know, putting too much water in the whiskey. Watering down the whiskey. And I'm sure at the time, oh, it was an accident, Dan. They, they couldn't, oh, it was a bad apple. No, no, no. You're a bad apple. Pink slime bullshit is bullshit. And by the way, 10 years ago would have made that part of your fucking normal. For some of you fuckers. Fuck. Normal for the Syrians is having their oil stolen. Normal for the Iraqis is having their nation covered in depleted uranium so that they can have multiple generations of kids with birth defects and people getting cancer. That's the normal you're talking about, okay? Normal was wounded knee when rapid-fire Hotchkiss artillery were used on men, women, and children, shredding them to pieces, murdering many, hundreds, really, I think at least a hundred people, probably more. And keep in mind, since we're all trying to do our math right, that was not a small number in the 1890s. Is, is that the normal you're speaking of? Normal was the CIA torturing children in Denmark. Normal was the U.S. government using nuclear weapons to frack for natural gas. Will you tell me what fucking normal you want to go back to? Please tell me the fucking normal you want to go back to because I'd like to know and I think there are also some other savvy motherfuckers that would like to know. Normal is that in the 20th century, governments killed, murdered, around the world, various governments murdered hundreds of millions of people. Hundreds of millions were killed by democracies, by dictatorships, by the normal world. They were murdered. Normal, prior to 2020, was hundreds of thousands of people being killed in hospitals every year from hospital-acquired infection. Normal prior to 2020 was tens of thousands of people dying on the highways every year in car accidents. Well, at the same time, if they're good liberals, they'll complain about, 
you know, I don't know, maybe a few hundred people dying from rifles? Yeah. Drive your fucking Prius, baby. Yeah. I want to know what fucking normal we're talking about. Normal prior to 2020 were the orcas in the Puget Sound on a path to being gone. And a lot of major salmon runs just drying up, going away. That was fucking normal. Normal prior to 2020 was basically knowing a lot of people in my personal life who've either died of cancer or who soon seem like they're going to die of cancer. Yeah, that was also fucking normal. Normal was when I grew up, grew up as a kid, my teenage years, even into fucking college, I knew almost nobody uh, who had a kid who had any type of mental disabilities, really. It happened, but it was very, very seldom. I mean, autism happened when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, when I was in college, but it was fucking rare. Normal in the last 10 years is I throw a rock into a crowd and somebody tells me their kid suffers from autism. Can I ask you, all you out there who are wishing for fucking normal, what that fucking was? Normal prior to 2020 were the major banks being bailed out every time there's an economic crisis and little people being fucked. That was normal. Normal. I mean, I push these two keys and it's very dissonant and yet I think that sounds like normal. So I guess you could say I'm a little bit bothered by the conversations people keep having about fucking normal. I guess that's an issue. Here's something from the news. In fact, I'm going to read this. It's from the news. An article from the news. Headline, woman allegedly tried to buy infant at Walmart in Texas for $500,000. This was written by... Edmund DeMarsh from Fox News and published on January the 24th, 2022. Once again, woman tries to buy a kid for half a million bucks. A Texas woman was arrested after a bizarre encounter inside a Walmart store where she is accused of offering another shopper a half a million bucks to buy the woman's baby, according to a report. Rebecca Taylor, 49, was charged with sale or purchase of a child and was released from the Houston County Sheriff's Office on a $50,000 bond. The alleged incident occurred at a store in Crockett, Texas, which is near Houston. The two women were reportedly on the self-checkout line last week. The mother who was with her baby and a one-year-old, told the police that the woman commented on her son's blonde hair and blue eyes and asked how much he costs. The report, citing the affidavit, said the mother laughed off the comment, but the woman allegedly said she had, had $250,000 in her car. You know, or maybe she had like what? <laughs> I don't know. How many Bitcoin that would be. The mom claimed another woman was with Taylor at one point. The mother said she alerted authorities. The KETK report said the mother waited for the two women to leave the store, but they allegedly waited in the parking lot and screamed at her that the offer was now $500,000. The women eventually left, the report said. Police said in the affidavit they watched the video from the scene and it appeared to match the mother's claim, the report said. Again, this is from the New York Post, you know, via Fox News. By Edmund DeMarch, published, yeah, you know, a couple days ago, about this crazy-ass woman. Now, why did I read that fucking link? I don't know. You remember the Blues Brothers? When John Belushi is in the restaurant with Dan Aykroyd trying to convince their old buddy, the waiter, to 
join them on the, the caper to put the band back together. Kind of like a heist movie, right? Except for it's not about stealing. Well, kind of is. Not about stealing, but about putting on a show. So maybe not so much like heist, but like the Judge Harvey movies. With Mickey Rooney, you fuck. And in the movie, The Blues Brothers, um, John Belushi is sitting at the table, and he turns around towards a family that looks annoyed by them, and he starts talking like, you know, how much? How much for your women, your children? I want to buy them. And it's not funny to treat kids like property or chattel. It's not funny for a woman to go into a Walmart and offer to buy somebody's kid. Although what's really scary, and this is, again, we have to put on the, the goggles of the Sovietologist, what's really scary is to ask the question, does this happen in America today very often? And is it just often the case, and this is going to sound bad, that the mom just goes out to the parking lot and sells their fucking kid? Remember how this all started when, when I started the podcast this morning. I said I had disquiet around the concept of family. And I know a lot of you all, you know, you, you think of family in certain terms, and maybe it is that Norman Rockwell sense. And if you came from an abusive household, you might think of it very differently. But we all got these concepts of family in our head, okay? It's hard if you grew up in a small town like I did before the major waves of what I would call postmodernism hit. It's hard to conceive of a mom um, selling their kid. But I'll tell you something. My parents, when I was growing up, and of course they were joking, but hey, if you're five or six years old, I'm not sure what joking means. But they used to joke about selling us to the Indians. I'm not kidding. Going to the, the Swinomish Reservation and selling us kids to the Indians. Now, I don't think they were ever going to sell us to the Indians, nor do I think there was ever going to be an Indian person that was going to buy us, you know, probably, right? But my parents would joke about that. When I first read this article, I thought this has to be just a joke. They were joking. But then when they talk about, in, you know, waiting for the woman outside, it's like, well, this is really creepy. And, and it looks creepy and it seems like some pretty crooked bullshit. So I'm going to return to the possibility that the story is kind of real. Like, you know, at least in the sense that COVID is kind of real. Let's pretend it's kind of real. Let's say it even happened, right? And, and those two women had an agenda to, to get a kid. The horrible thought in my head this morning, and maybe it's because I have been given a version of reality by the media that goes, goes way back, goes back to those stories of moms who, you know, claim their kids have been abducted when in reality they drowned and killed their own kids. We all know those stories. Those are things that happened. Yeah, they, they feel like urban legend, but they become true because there have been actual cases of mothers killing their kids and claiming someone stole their kid. Someone, some hobo killed their kid. It wasn't them. It was a random hobo. And then they get caught. And it's all like, well, you know, I was beaten as a kid. My mom and dad didn't love me. My, hu my husband abandoned me. Ergo, I felt like my only option was to kill my fucking kids. And I gotta say, I had more than a few lifetime movie-style people in my life give me these rationalizations for brutal acts like that, you know? Well, it's postpartum depression, Dan. Problem is, lots of people get postpartum. Um, lots of women do, not men. I'm not going to play the postmodern game that other people play. Lots of women do get postpartum depression. But how many of them kill their kids? Is it a huge number? Is it a small number? Is it such a big number you should be concerned? I mean, and again, it's almost like asking the COVID-19 question. If it's such a small number that you don't need to be concerned, how could you rationally call it a pandemic? Sorry. Um, my sad thought is that this kind of crap could happen in the United States, not just today, but the last 10 years. Like, really the last 10 years, if you've lived in the real economy, it's been fucking shitty. I'm sorry. 
whatever fantasies you have about going back to normal, the economy after the great financial crisis never did heal. It, it did not. It was a lot of Obama propaganda and recovery summer bullshit and shovel-ready crap. And in that world, if someone was in a Walmart and they were working three jobs and doing crystal meth to do the three jobs and barely staying alive and barely making a go of it, and let's say they're a single parent, could be a mom, could be a dad, but let's say they're a single parent and some random motherfucker, who the fuck knows who they are, comes up to you and says, for a half a million bucks, I'll buy your kid. Yes, I know you want to say, Dan, that wouldn't happen, people wouldn't do that, and, and maybe they wouldn't. Although in the last two years, I don't fucking know. What I have seen parents put up with, what I have seen parents do to their fucking kids, makes me sad, makes me feel horrible inside. The, the level of slavish obedience to psychologically and physically damaging bullshit boggles my fucking mind. So if the question is, what the fuck would the parent do for $500,000? My question is, what the fuck would the average parent in one of these East Coast or West Coast cities, or frankly most of the cities, what would, it, what would one of these nice, liberal, Democrat, Seattle house flippers do? And the answer is, you don't know and I don't know. I've already answered that, that question for myself. I've lost six-figure jobs and marriages over my principles pretty much the future of having any kids. So if you're asking me what the fuck I'll do for my principles, I've already proven that I have a track record going back a long fucking time. And I will take my history of mediocrity to my grave and I will stand before God quite proud. So I'm not really, yeah, right now talking about me. My question is, what the fuck would you do? What the fuck do you think your average neighbor would do? If you live in Seattle, Okay, let's say you live in a nice neighborhood, okay, where you got nice restaurants and nice coffee shops. And you walk into some random home in that nice neighborhood, but you're finding out people are a bit cash poor now from all this house flipping and it ain't quite working like it used to. What the fuck would those people do for half a million bucks? I, I know the answer. They, they turn in their neighbors, their friends, they would take their brothers and sisters and dump them in a fucking hole. They would take a holiday of love where you're supposed to care about your fucking family and turn it as an excuse to turn on your family and mock them at the worst times in their life. I already know from first-hand experience what the fuck people of Seattle will do for no money. So what the fuck would they do for half a million bucks? Huh. Yeah, I, I think this Walmart story is a lot like the toilet paper one. It might be there just to, just to give people a cautionary tale, but the reality might be lots of people are doing this. Lots of people are. I already know they're doing it vis-a-vis -vis the state. They're already abandoning their children to a lot of satanic bullshit, so that's already obvious. I would, I would suspect that if this is really going on right now in the put a mask on your kid so you can't see that they're in trouble kind of fucking world, then I have no doubt there are tons of shitheads in Seattle with, with nice little blonde children that would take your fucking money. And believe me, there'd be no call to the cops. And even if there were, the cops don't show up till tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, folks. I think if you live in a city in the world today, could be America, could be someplace else, you probably have a number of neighbors that would sell their children for the right amount of money. Sorry. Because I've already seen their behaviors. I've already seen how they act. I have seen how quickly they gave up their dignity, not just of themselves, but of their families, for nothing. For nothing but plain pretend. For nothing but 
being able to broadcast their ethical superiority for nothing but that, for virtue signaling. They damaged their fucking families and their communities. So what the fuck would they do for half a million bucks? Good question, right? Last topic, very last topic. Before we go into it, I'm going to drink some coffee. Very last topic. And this is a quote from Dr. Freckles. I'll check a gift horse in the mouth. I'll check for explosives. Or tiny robot soldiers. Dr. Freckles. We all know the saying, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And it's funny because it seems true. Like I can rationalize it as you can always eat the horse, but what if the horse is poisoned? What if the horse is a giant explosive? I mean, ask, ask the people of Troy, you know, about the Trojan horse. Ask them if it made sense to look the fucking horse in the mouth. I think it did. There are a lot of gifts, quote unquote, that people think they get from the government. A lot of gifts, quote unquote. But a lot of these gifts should be looked in the fucking mouth, buddy. Whatever you think you're getting, I can promise you someone else is being fucked. And if your answer is, well, I don't know those people, pretty soon you will, you fuck. So if you're getting something free from the government, shouldn't you investigate it? Shouldn't you look into it? Or do you even fucking care? Do you care about the consequences? Do you care about the causality? Do you have the gift of reason and logic that the Lord in heaven gave you? Or do you go throughout life pretending that nothing's connected to nothing and nothing impacts nothing and whatever choices I make, it doesn't matter because unconditionally I am loved by Jesus. If you're a Christian that goes through life, life like that, thinking that that's actually true, that's not the whole fucking truth, buddy. All right? There is no license to commit sin. There is no license to commit sin uh, via transitivity, okay? It isn't better to order somebody to kill somebody versus killing them yourself. It doesn't make it better. You don't get away with it in the eyes of God. So for all the people out there who think, well, if I hide something by one or two steps, then there's nothing evil about it. It's like the bag of money. Okay, forget the trolley problems and the handling razors and all the other philosophical bullshit. You find a bag of money, okay? An ordinary, everyday bag of money. What do you do? You're out in the woods, you're hiking. You know, maybe it's D.B. Cooper's money, right? From the fucking 1970s bull blimp talk. You find yourself a bag of fucking money. That's a fucking gift horse, isn't it? Let's say it's a half a million dollars, you find it in the woods, okay? No one's around. No one sees you. You pick it up. You take it home. And for sake of argument, assume there's no tracking device. No one followed you home. No one knows you have the money. You're sitting in your fucking basement at home looking at a stack of half a million bucks. And just assume for the sake of argument, it's not counterfeit. It's quite real. But there's one fucking problem. A lot of the bills have blood on them. It's not dried. It's relatively fresh. Now I'm going to make matters worse. A day or so later, you find out that somebody had been kidnapped. A young girl, a child from a family in your city. A child of a, of, a, of a ostensibly wealthy family. And the kidnappers are still asking for more and more money, um, more cash, more money. So you don't really know what you found. You don't even know if it's connected to this. But what do you do? Like you have no way of knowing that this money is connected to the kidnapping. Just because A and B happen at the same time doesn't mean they're related. You know, it's, it's correlation, it's not causality. And in this case, it's just coincidence. But what you do know is this. 
They're looking for a child. They don't know if the child is dead. In fact, the child has been missing for more than a week. And you have evidence that the child is still alive, or at least was, because that fresh blood would be evidence of that. So even if it's not the child's blood, what do you do? An ethical person would, in the rule of law world, contact the family or the police and let them know, I found this in the woods and give the family or the cops or whoever is appropriate the opportunity to take that evidence and investigate further. Really. If you're a good person, no matter how much money's in that fucking bag, that's what you would do. But let's pretend for the sake of argument there's no blood on the money. And the money is clean, and all you know is that the same time you found a bag of money, someone's kid got kidnapped. I'd still say you should contact the family. You just say, I found this money. It could be their money. It could have been a mistaken drop. Their child could still be alive. We don't know. They don't know. But given the information you have, what is the right thing to do? Here's a question. Is it your fucking money? And before we go too much further, let's talk about that money that these two fucking women were going to use at Walmart or the fucking money that some some fucking researcher takes to Planned Parenthood and says, hey, here's 10 million bucks. Can you give me, like, I don't know, 800 pounds of aborted babies? Okay? Where do you think that fucking money came from? Let's ask ourselves what it means to say it's my money. Okay? The money that's in your pocket or in your bank account, that's printed money. That's money that essentially is made because we force the world to use dollars to buy fucking oil, asshole. So when you say things like whose money that is, it can be trivial, but you could ask a deeper question. You don't fucking know and neither do I. You don't know if it's good money or dirty money. Just because you found it does not make it clean. All right? That's a gift horse right there. That bag of fucking money. There's no blood on it. I helped you out, bro. Sister, now let's say there was no news and all you have in front of you is a clean bag of half a million bucks. What do you do? You haven't heard anything in the news. There is no story of a kidnapping. There's just a half a million bucks in front of you. You've got a couple kids. You know, you've, you've got a few, you've got some bills to pay. You've got a couple kids that want to maybe go to college. You have a wife that's upset that you don't have the brand new Tesla. But, you know, it turns out to be cartel money. And it turns out that the first time you used it buying the fucking Tesla, oh boy, how accidental, somebody associated with the cartel also bought their vehicles from that fucking dealership. And, you know, the guy at the dealership gets paid to, to give them information, so he did. He said, listen, these freaks came in with a pile of fucking cash and they bought a Tesla. I couldn't believe it. Well, hey, my friend, can I take a look at those mo at, at that coinages, at those dollars? Oh, wow. This is some of our cartel coinages. Wow. So later that night, maybe, you know, Mexicans, maybe Cubans, maybe Nicaraguans. We don't know. Many, many clans, many gangs. Maybe some Russians come by and they ask you where the rest of the fucking money is. And your family's tied to chairs. And they got duct tape around their mouths. Now I want you to ask yourself about that old saying. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Because the more I think about that saying, the dumber it sounds. You see, the problem with America today, and the problem with America for a while, is that we've been spun on this idea that random forms of good luck are the same thing as work or freedom or, or producing work in a free society. And they're not. Whether it's the lottery, or whether it's a bag of money you find in the woods, or whether it's going to Las Vegas. If you don't ask the question, you know, qui bono, who benefits, then you're simply operating in a situation of darkness, really. And, and, and that's really the point, I guess, here, is you can go through life thinking that you're going to get gift horses. And there are gift horses, you get money, but... Isn't it also right to go through life when you when you have that gift horse show up? Doesn't also make a little bit of sense to look at it in the mouth, to check it, you know, for little tiny robots, for little for little soldiers invading Troy. Doesn't it make sense 
to ask certain questions. I'm just saying. I think don't look a gift horse in the mouth is one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard. And if you want to get sick from some horse disease, you go ahead. My guess is you should probably look at everything like that that happens to you because of the following reason. There is spiritual warfare. There are forces at work today that it goes beyond the secular, in my opinion, and something like a gift horse might not be what the fuck you think it is. Not these days, not from strangers. Hell, even from family, you gotta be fucking careful. But from random strangers, I think you gotta be really fucking careful. As someone who's been grifted, as someone who's been ripped off, as someone who has been in the system, in terms of our system, and seeing what it does to people, I think not looking a gift horse in the mouth is pretty fucking stupid. Before I go, I just want to point out that um, I fund the podcast with donations that I, that I get when I'm not able to work. I'm currently between projects, and I'm working on some stuff to to maybe get another project going. But right now, to get the, to keep the podcast going, I, I need donations. Now, you're not obligated, and I would say the following. Don't donate to me or anyone else if you don't have the money. Don't use a credit card to do it. Don't donate if you don't have the money for rent and food or, or, or other things you need to take care of your family. Take care of your food, your water, your shelter. Take care of the resources you might need to go through at least a year of some pretty terrible times, and I think it's going to be a bit longer. So do what you can to prepare. And if you have money left over and you want to donate to this podcast, you can. There'll be a, a PayPal link in the notes and a PayPal link in the posting to Anchor, Spotify, wherever the fuck I end up going once I get kicked off of those places, okay? And as I've been saying in a lot of my podcasts recently, and maybe even for most of the last year, and I think it's been true most of the last year, at any time, a lot of what you think of as stable and quote-unquote normal could go to a whole nother level of fucking crazy. And this whole idea of podcasting and being on social media and blah, 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 all of this could become quite fucking irrelevant very fucking quickly. So when I say you don't have to donate, you don't have to. It would be helpful. I can't tell you that there's going to be some huge future in this because I just don't truly believe it's true for me or Joe Rogan or for anybody. Okay, There is a future, but it's not in podcasting. For probably for a couple decades, the future is going to be in how you don't starve to death and how you don't die of thirst and how do you find shelter. That's probably the future. Okay, for a lot of fucking people. So when I say don't worry about it, I fucking mean it. And please have a great rest of your fucking Wednesday.